Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. True story. I try not to offend people over food. Uh, I guess I don't mind offending you if you're a sports fan of a team that I'm criticizing. Because <laughs> I don't take sports seriously. But man, I take food seriously. That's cute, Jay. Got to be careful what I say here on the show. <laughs> Always listening. I asked producer Jay, what's the new open about? And I said, can you give me a hint? Food was all he would tell me. Uh, that was designed to throw me off the scent. Uh. It's a pretty good hint, thinking back, no? Oh, no. We talk about food so much on the show. How was I supposed to narrow it down just based on food? <laughs> it was a hint. Yes, it was something like that. As long it was, as there's food. It was chicken. It was a chicken foot in my soup. <laughs> I wish I had taken a photo. I did not, of course. At that time, we didn't all take photos of our food. That would be 2009? 2009, my first overseas humanitarian trip. Um, and it was in the Andes Mountains in Ecuador, two miles above sea level. And I was warned ahead of time, there'll be a chicken foot in your soup. Just be ready. And so I did not blanch. I did not make any faces. I managed to keep a pretty impressive poker face. Uh, but then I also offered it to someone else who was sitting next to me, an Ecuadorian, someone who is local. They don't get three solid meals a day necessarily, not in a lot of uh, third world countries or poorer parts of the country. So the person that I offered it to was thrilled to eat it. To, well, you don't really eat it. You gnaw on it. Awesome. I made his day. It sounds like a great thing. While not offending any Ecuadorian hosts. That was the, that was the right move in that the, situation. The, the part that's interesting is the soup was actually really good. It's very salt. I love salt. So it's very salty. Uh, it didn't have a lot in it, right? So they just kind of throw a few vegetables from the garden in it. But you got to be careful about that because... A lot of times when you go, well, Americans travel to other countries, if they wash their vegetables in their water, it can have the type of bacteria that our bodies react to violently. Later in that trip, by the way, that was middle of the week. Later in that trip, I ate undercooked chicken and got salmonella. Worst week of my life. So thankfully, I ate it on the last day we were in Ecuador. 
Um, and it was about two hours, and I, I realized something was horribly wrong. Like, you, you know when you can tell your stomach is something's wrong. And so I ate the chicken. Um, they, we had had it offered to us by this little bitty uh, church. In a, it was just in a home. It was like seven or eight people. And they invited us to stay for dinner on Friday evening. And so we did. But nothing was ever too hot or too cold because that's just not how they cook their food. And they don't have ice. And so whether it was them washing the vegetables, I'm pretty sure it was the chicken because I was violently ill, whether it was them washing the vegetables or or undercooking the chicken, it was hard to tell because nothing was hot and you really didn't know if it was fully cooked. It wasn't cold, but it wasn't hot. So it was hard to know. But about two hours later, two hours after I ate that meal, I could feel my insides. Something was wrong, and I just knew it was coming. I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I could tell something was wrong. So we traveled that night. So we we left the Andes Mountains where we were, and we took a bus. <laughs> we took a two-hour bus drive back to Quito because we were staying at a hotel overnight and then leaving on a flight from Quito the next morning. So the whole time we're on the bus, I just know something's wrong, um, but... It, uh, salmonella can take up to 72 hours to manifest. It's it's uh, period where it kind of rears its ugly head is 24 to 72 hours. So it's not necessarily something you that you happen right away. But I didn't know it was that. I just thought maybe I'm going to throw up. Um, something's, something's wrong with my stomach. I wake up in the middle of the night in this hotel room in Quito, and I'm, I'm going to be sick. I have to get to the bathroom. So I get to the bathroom just awful. I nearly uh, I nearly laid down on the bathroom floor because it was cool and I was so hot. I was running a fever. I had chills. So it, it does manifest itself initially like the flu. And so I get out of the bathroom. I'm, I'm trying to struggle to get back to bed. But because of these flu-like symptoms, I'm dizzy and I black out and thankfully fell forward. I was standing at the foot of my hotel room bed, fell forward onto the bed, but blacked out and wake up who knows how many minutes later. I'm laying in that same position. I'm in a cold sweat. It was it was brutal. Then I have to fly home like that. So the flu-like symptoms continued. Um, I was able to go pretty slow through the airport, but I had to fly home like that. And I remember, <laughs> this is a true story. I swear I'm not making this up. I was so out of it. I wasn't eating any food, obviously. They brought food, and, and the, the sight of food made me also want to throw up. Uh, I think I lost seven pounds in three days. Like, it was mostly water weight, but I didn't eat for a good three days. Anyway, on the plane ride home, they gave us these bag lunches. So we went from keto to Miami, and they gave us these bag lunches. In my in my state that oh, I was no. in, in my flu-like state, I accidentally put my phone in the bag lunch and threw it out. So then we get to Miami and we're gathering our belongings. And again, I'm really slow to get off the, I'm, I'm near the front of the plane, but I'm not moving. So people are walking by me. I can't find my phone. I look in the overhead bin. I look in my bags. I can't find it anywhere. And then it dawns on me. It's got to be in the bag I just threw out, right? So I start climbing over seats to get to the back. So the, the stewardess, or sorry, flight attendant, says that they've already thrown the trash out, but you're welcome to go look through the trash, of course. So I start going against the flow of traffic. I climb over seats to get back to the back of the plane, and there's seven garbage bags that are sitting there at the back. And I'm not kidding you, Jay. I prayed. I'm like, Lord, I can't go through all of these garbage bags. 
if the phone is in there, I, I need to know where it is now. I open up one bag, white lunch bag on the very top of the one bag. There's my phone. I swear to you, seven garbage bags. I, the first one I open up and my lunch bag is sitting on the very top. The The garbage bag was full of lunch bags. Like that's all it was because the, the flight attendants had gone through and collected all the, the white lunch bags. It, mine was on top. Now, keeping in mind, I was at the front of the plane and they had walked through the plane and somehow still my lunch bag was on top. There's something else at work there. <laughs> yes, there that, was. That's... <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, and the fact that I managed to make it home, uh, but it was awful travel. I had salmonella. I couldn't eat a full meal for seven days. I tried. It went horribly wrong. Like three days later, I was feeling better, but my stomach still wasn't having it. So I tried to eat something other than white rice or a piece of bread three days later, and my stomach revolted again. Salmonella's got to be among the worst just awful have you have you ever had it you never I've, had it i've had food poisoning before i'm not sure if it was salmonella it's, it's salmonella it's possible um i remember i had it actually during the super bowl uh 2003 with Ooh, patriots um that stinks panthers i remember that was the one year that my family had a big party for the super bowl we had all, a bunch of family over i had friends over oh couldn't no. enjoy a single minute of the game no i was in my bed in the fetal position oh. i had friends they were all having a good time hanging with my yes. uncles my family i was upstairs where's jay like, yep. where's Waldo? Uh, yeah, so I remember that I knew nothing about salmonella, but started Googling and reading about it. And yeah, the flu-like symptoms, the longer ingestion process, and then it takes seven days to clear. And it was it was rough. So from that point on, I went to Ecuador again the following year. I went to Africa the year after that. I did not eat meat outside the country. I refused to eat any meat. So I would go for the week in Ecuador without any meat. And same thing in Africa. I was there for two weeks and, and didn't really didn't eat much at all. I was so nervous. Um, when I finally got to Cuba, then in I think my first trip was in 2016. Uh, I was hesitant to eat there too, but then ultimately was so hungry that I, I had to eat something. Thankfully, the family was cooking for us and we could, you know, the, the women were great cooks. So there was no issue there, but yeah. Just one of the worst, like, international travel stories. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true, oh, though. Yeah, it's you really got to be careful with what you eat and the water, like yes. you said, what they cook with. Yeah, or it's right, different. Right, how they, in Africa, I remember we were out in the bush where there was no electricity, and they served us a potato salad with mayonnaise. And I could smell it, but it had not been refrigerated. And it was, I couldn't, I, I didn't want to offend them, but I couldn't no, eat it. sounds disgusting. And from that point on, the smell was so ripe that from that point on, I have not been able to eat mayo. Like, and, and <laughs> get this, it. I never cook raw chicken myself. I, I don't handle it. I'll order it in a restaurant, but I cannot cook it myself. It is. I do hate There's it. There's fallout. Do, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence. So all of that to say... I try not to offend people, but I'm not going to eat your chicken foot. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So, yeah, we've been adding it up here to uh, piggyback on what I was saying before the top of the hour. 11 of 16 AFC teams have used multiple quarterbacks because of injuries or ineptitude. Now, that could be for a short stint it could be a situation where a quarterback missed one game or missed part of a game to get treated for an injury or checked out for a concussion something like that but we've had more drastic situations um, certainly with Miami they started three different quarterbacks before they got back to Tua Tagovailoa, and yet they're still at eight and four and they had just won five games in a row 
with Tua returning, he'd been on fire. And then, of course, they had the the rough game uh, last week against the Niners. That San Francisco defense will do it to you. Tyreek Hill has all the confidence in the world. His quarterback is bouncing back with a big performance this weekend. I've been fortunate enough to, to, to be able to play with one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And, you know, we all have bad games. We're all a human. And, you know, we all go through certain stuff, man. And, you know... My message to him is, you know, just just come out, refocus, you know, and a lot of people forget about what you did the last game when you go out here and throw for six touchdowns or something crazy, man, and it'll all be forgotten. So, I mean, I've dropped crazy amount of passes in my career, but my whole focus and my the way that my parents raised me is, you know, you can't be great and dwell on the past or whatever. You know, you got to be able to move on. I would agree with Tyreek on that point is you're going to fail. If you're going to be great at anything, you're going to fail almost as much as you succeed until it becomes second nature to you. Uh, In the case of Ty, he has 1,379 yards receiving, five touchdowns. Kind of a crazy disparity, right? But they do have a lot of guys who could score. But, Jay, here's my question. When he says he was fortunate enough to play with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, is he referring to Patrick or is he referring to Tua? See, I thought that same question, too, at uh-huh. first. I think he's talking about Tua in this situation. Do you? I, I At first, I thought he was talking about Mahomes and saying, like, oh, I think I he's talking about Patrick. Back. I don't – can I hear one more time? Yeah, you – absolutely. Ask and you shall receive. I've been fortunate enough to, to to be able to play with one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And, you know, we all have bad games. We're all a human and, you know, we all – I think he's talking about Patrick. Stuff, man. Not and it's not a slight on Tua, but he's it's it's the tense that he uses. I've been fortunate enough. I don't know. I guess it yeah. could be either one. Maybe he um, purposely left it vague. Maybe he's. I mean, he's done that before. What the most accurate quarterback in the NFL? Right. So the Dolphins are a winning team, even though they've started three different quarterbacks. Skylar Thompson. We just saw an appearance with him last week, uh, briefly. Again, we know about the AFC North and what they've been through, and Tyler Huntley is the latest QB uh, to step in following Deshaun Watson uh, last week when he played his first game in a Browns uni. Uh, in the AFC West, yeah, it's it's not necessarily the quarterbacks, but it, the offenses at times have sputtered. Uh, the Chargers and the Broncos, um, the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the NFL, and that has a lot to do with the fact that Patrick has been healthy. Uh, In the NFC, we did the tally, and it's the same thing. It's 11 of 16 teams in the NFC who've also used multiple quarterbacks. And we're not talking about mop-up duty. That does not include mop-up duty, right? So when the the Bills blew out, who was their last victim? I think that was the Steelers. Well, the Steelers was was a huge blowout, right? And they did bring in Case Keenum late in that game. Um, so we've seen a couple of games in which quarterbacks have been spelled or or removed from games because it's a blowout and coaches don't want their quarterbacks to get hurt or to be out there in situations where the game is already done. So we're not counting those. Between the AFC and the NFC, 22 of 32 teams have used multiple quarterbacks. Are you kidding me? That's nearly 75%. Two more and it will be 75%. My mom was my math teacher in high school. That's the state of the NFL right now. 
And yet the number of quarterbacks that moved around in the offseason was supposed to prevent this. Nah. This is nutso. And yet it's become fairly commonplace, right? We don't even blink much anymore. Rookie quarterbacks, they come into the league more prepared. But it doesn't mean they're necessarily ready to lead a team. There's still a very steep learning curve. And yet teams throw them into the fire, throw them into the fire, throw them out there. It's always about not just the immediate, but down the road. Always. Life comes at you fast in the NFL. Also, Jeremy is really upset at you, Producer Jay, because you didn't include Steelers and Ravens in the poll. Would you like to hear what he had to say? Always a great game, no matter the QB. Just because Lamar ain't playing, that doesn't mean anything. Throw records and players out the window every time because this is the best rivalry in the NFL today. All right. right. Jeremy is taking exception to your poll. Our poll. Our poll. I'll take some responsibility. Sure. I don't really care if you don't like our options. Uh, We actually think it's cool that Twitter limits to four options when we do a poll because then it creates debate. So, yes, take the poll on Twitter after our CBS or my poll. And right now we've got a pretty healthy race early on. We'll do QB news later this hour. Straight ahead, though, this is kind of fun, I suppose, if you're a Rangers fan or a Phillies fan. Jacob deGrom and Trey Turner being introduced to their new fan bases. And just to wrap up what was... A fairly lively winter meeting session in San Diego. Dusty Baker, sentimental favorite, now has a Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. Now has a World Series title. I know, laugh away. I'm in football mode, okay? It's it's December. <laughs> I was going to say that thing, I'm laughing because I wasn't even thinking to correct you. I was like, yep, they did just win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the World Series manager, the the reigning World Series winner, Dusty Baker. Just good to hear from him a little bit again. All right. We're already midway through our third hour. That's how quickly it's going. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Clevenger delivers. Freeman on deck. He will watch Trey Turner round the bases. The home run. Trey Turner, 21 home runs during the regular season. Second batter of the game, and the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. Hungry for a taste of the most delicious audio of the night? You came to the right place. It's time for Bite Me with Amy Lawrence. Here's Amy Lawrence. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are hurtling our way into a Friday morning, and I mean headlong into a Friday. Uh, It's actually a big Christmas prep weekend for those of you who are behind or maybe you're right on time. I have to finish decorating, and it's a big baking weekend for me. I was asking producer Jay uh, if he had any requests, and I've ultimately settled on five recipes, I think. Oh, my gosh. My kitchen's going to look like a tornado ran through. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball was hot and heavy on the stove this week. Speaking of baking, uh, it was a lot of money. Did you hear $1.6 billion were doled out to, I think it was 18 guys. Uh, Jay, if you want to confirm that, you can. But I I think that's the number. It was about a dozen and a half players for $1.6 billion. All guaranteed money. That's a lot of Jay's mouth just dropped open, so I surprised him with something he had not heard before. Trey Turner, one of those guys who gets a $300 million deal over 11 years to sign with the Phillies, most recently with the Dodgers. You hear the call there with Charlie Steiner on Dodgers Radio. So why go cross-country and back to the NL East? We just pictured ourselves here. We, we I pictured myself in this uniform. She pictured um, living here and, and having family come and visit. We pictured playing with, you know, Bryce and, and Schwarber and, and a lot of those, those guys um, – on the team now, Kevin Long. It just seemed like a lot of things added up. We were excited about it. This place is is, is fun to play. Uh, I've watched a lot of the playoff games, and, and this place was rocking. So, um, just a lot of uh, things pointing this direction, and 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 we felt really comfortable and really happy, and um, we were really excited about it. This is kind of cute, even as Trey Turner is getting introduced and has a giant smile up there on the dais uh, with the Phillies brass. Bryce Harper says, Trey Turner, he's my favorite player in the league, not even close. So mutual admiration society, as Trey mentioned, some of the other all-stars and guys who were so critical in the Phillies advancing to the World Series. And I wonder if that had something to do with it. He can kind of see it, the fact that they're on the rise and should be able to build on last well, 
this year's, but last season's run to the World Series, to the Fall Classic. But yes, $300 million at the time. The 10th baseball player ever to sign a $300 million deal. Aaron Judge piggybacked on that and actually leapfrogged him and became the 11th uh, later in the week. That was finalized on Thursday. Jacob deGrom doesn't get $300 million. He actually leaves the NL East and goes to Texas, but they are giving him five years, and that's the big deal as a pitcher who is often injured and who is in his mid-30s. So why did he sign with the Rangers? Getting on a call with uh, CY and Boach, um, you know, hearing the vision of, of what the Rangers want to do and and ultimately getting to meet Ray and, and the vision here and bringing uh, a World Series here. Uh, that's the goal, winning a, a World Series, and these guys – all had that same vision with the signings of Marcus and Corey and, and the moves they're making as far as taking those steps to, to make something great here and, and continue winning baseball games and, and making that not just a one-year thing, but um, you know a, a, a goal for years. So Jacob DeGrom becomes yet another huge free agent acquisition for them. Uh, remember, they signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager last year to big deals. That was going to be their infield, their middle infield, and it didn't pan out in terms of wins. But maybe it will this year by adding a third member of the triumvirate. But what about leaving the Mets, a place where he won two Cy Young Awards? Spent the first um, eight-plus years of my career with the New York Mets, and, you know, I, I have to thank them Um for that they'll always hold a special place in my heart my wife's heart my kids you know um from ownership to my teammates there you know and the fans ultimately you know they made me feel welcome there they'll always hold a special place um and they you know i wouldn't i probably wouldn't be here today without them so you know it's 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 part of it but you know it's this is where we decided we wanted to be jacob Degrom is taking the extra years i have no problem with that I understand that he maybe wanted to stay with the Mets or that was a nice idea, though. When the reports are that he wants to spend his off days in Florida and fly to the games as opposed to staying with the Mets all the time, uh, you kind of wonder if that's an indication that he really didn't want to be in New York anymore. Uh, Maybe he wanted warmer weather. Maybe he wanted to not pay the income tax on his salary. But I I can't begrudge a a guy who's in his mid-30s the extra years because it's guaranteed money. This is not the NFL where nothing's guaranteed except for your signing bonus and the year that you're in. Nah, these are fully guaranteed contracts, and DeGrom wasn't getting offered the extra years by the Mets. So I I don't begrudge him that, though it is going to be a little bit strange, and I hope that the Rangers win. Otherwise, he may become irrelevant too. How often do we hear Marcus and Corey mentioned in this past season? Not at all. Jacob DeGrom does have a lot of injuries in his past, and that was one of the concerns for the Mets. The goal is to go out there and make 30-plus starts every year. Um, you know, like I said, in the, the one in spring training was kind of a, a weird one, a broken or stress reaction in my scap. Um, but once I came back, felt great. Um, so the goal is to make 30-plus starts for the next five-plus years here. Jacob DeGrom heading to the Rangers. Meanwhile, Justin Verlander heading to the New York Mets to replace him. And I think it's kind of fun to see him reunited with Max Scherzer because the two of them pitched together, both Cy Young winners in Detroit. And now they're back together in the, I almost said the Bronx, were you to kill me? In Queens. The Bronx is where the Yankees play. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. While we're talking uh, about Justin Verlander, uh, can we quick, 
use this Dusty Baker because Dusty obviously lost him, though Justin was instrumental in helping the Astros win two World Series, the first one pre-Dusty. Dusty finally got to see this Cy Young winner up close and personal. He's a man. And um, I told him when the season started that I never, the only guys that I've never managed a Cy Young uh, award winner. And uh, so at the end of the year, when he got his Cy Young, he says, you know, now you got one, you know. And, um, you know, he was a pleasure to manage because I knew what I was getting every day. He um, He's probably gotten a little more humility since he got hurt and was out. And you appreciate what you have now. And then he has a little girl, and that, that gives you a different outlook on life. And, um, you know, uh, I love it. When I can go full bullpen day four he pitches full bullpen after day he pitches and then he would stop all losing streaks and 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 prolong <laughs> winning streaks. Yeah, incredible comeback season for one Justin Verlander. Uh, the way that he pitched in the wake of the Tommy John surgery at his age, right? So about to turn forty, or did he turn? I think he he's still thirty nine, right? Uh, still 39. Anyway, he gets a two-year deal with the Mets, and it'll be fun to see him on a different stage. And who knows? Maybe he is the piece that pushes the Mets over the top the way that he pushed the Astros over the top by joining them in uh, at the trade deadline, so not quite midseason, but late season 2017. Yeah, yeah, I know they were cheating. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. They weren't cheating under Dusty Baker, and he finally earns a ring as a manager. He'd come so close before. Sat down with MLB Network at the winter meetings in San Diego, and they asked him whether or not that enormous milestone win had sunk in yet. First thing I did was, was pack. Mm. And the second thing I did was probably signed my contract and then I hightailed it back to California and then unpacked. So I'm just now uh, feeling, uh, hey man, we really did win this thing. And uh, you know, I get back home, everybody wants to have a party. I don't want any parties. You know, I just want to just go home. Cause you know, when you're, when you're gone for eight months, you know, you really, really appreciate just going home and sitting down. Ooh, when I'm gone for a week, I really appreciate being home and sitting down. Yes, Dusty Baker, still such an amazing capper to the season. You don't have to love the Houston Astros, but you have to respect what Dusty Baker was doing and know that he took a job that very few other managers wanted, and he cleaned up. He brought respectability. He brought credibility. He cleaned up that clubhouse and their reputation. And now, with just a handful of players left from the 17 season, they're a different team but they're still a winner. And he had a special moment when he got home to California that he was looking forward to following the World Series. First thing I did when I went home, I went to the uh, cemetery. And, uh, you know, my dad loved flowers, uh, raised flowers, and my mom loved flowers. And I visited my mom and dad. Then my mom died in January, and I visited my brother. And, uh, you know, he's in the the same cemetery. So I was just there to say thanks and I know that they were with me spiritually and uh, you know my dad you know he was uh, believed in negative motivation sometime okay. and uh, my dad told me son I don't know if you know we lost in um, Anaheim in 2000 he goes man I don't know if you'll ever win one oh. and that was on my mind and so I'm like you know how are we looking down there ha there you go conversation with dad how do you like me now pops 
Actually, I understand that those kinds of conversations, they can sound abrasive when you hear them. But between father and son and family uh, settings, no doubt his dad was more proud of him and more supportive. So good for you, Dusty Baker. That's amazing. All right, before we get to our update, this is kind of funny. A tale of two reactions as all of Yankees nation and really San Francisco Giants nation the rest of the nation, too, was waiting on Aaron Judge's decision late on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. As the news breaks, you get Nestor Cortez, who who actually was, was he at courtside at a Knicks game? So he's courtside at a Knicks game, and the news is still fresh, and he gets to react to it on MSG when a microphone gets forced in front of his face. But speaking of microphones, yeah, KD didn't have the same reaction. <laughs> Excited. I mean, so many emotions coming through. I mean, the guy held out. He bet it on himself. Um, and not a better feeling to have him as a teammate. So I'm happy he's back. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for spring training. Katie, non-basketball related question. We got the Yankees show coming up next on Yes. What's your reaction to Aaron Judge's contract and him getting that? I'm a Nationals fan. I really don't care about Aaron Judge at all. Oh, sweet. Who cares? Apparently, he tried to clarify, but I don't even care. You had the opportunity, right? You, you can't even say, hey, that's awesome. Congratulations. Let me guess. He was jealous. He jealous that, A, the Nationals haven't made a signing like that, and, B, that the money is astronomical. Although, in the NBA, contracts are guaranteed, too, and I don't think he can complain. He signed a four-year contract extension uh, going back last year, so... All right, KD, not feeling in a generous mood. I suppose if I felt like it, I could go look at his Twitter and see what else he said. But eh. first impressions, they die hard. Coming up, a pair of storylines and headlines from the world of sports that are bigger than the show, bigger than just the sports world itself. They definitely transcend our little bubble. And then at the top of the hour, back to Thursday Night Football, Baker Mayfield, what? No matter what, no one can take away Thursday night, week 14, 2022 in Los Angeles, or should we say Hollywood? Loose movie script here. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Heading up toward the top of the hour, we'll reset then with Thursday Night Football. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're just scratching the surface of Week 14, and we're asking you to choose the other game of the week. (laughs) I suppose we could say it was the final quarter of the week, right? Just the, the finish between the Rams and the Raiders. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. We'll get to all of these sordid details. And 
that's where the magic happens on Amazon Prime. Uh, anyway, so that's coming up at the top of the hour. And then week 14 with some QB news. You know how we love to frame some of your prep, your cliff notes, if you will, through the eyes of our quarterbacks and those who talk about quarterbacks because we're obsessed with quarterbacks. Uh, and and so it's been good. It's been good to kind of litter in some of our storylines, um, really Glad for the work that we've been able to accomplish this week. We've had some challenging circumstances behind the scenes. So one of those includes getting stood up after two hours by our Steelers player. I don't think it was his fault. Uh, Not sure what happened, but just, yeah. Not everything goes according to plan ever, really, in live radio or in sports. So I guess there's that. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on Facebook and then on Twitter, A-Law Radio. So a couple of things. Uh, that were making headlines outside the sports world even uh, going back to, I guess, well, I woke up to it. So it would have been sometime on Thursday morning, late morning. uh, We got the news that Brittany Griner was on a plane home from Russia. I I can't even imagine how her family is feeling. Um, I can't even imagine how she must be feeling. I'm sure that there were times, maybe even more than fleeting moments, maybe there were long stretches where she wondered if she'd ever get out of there. She'd ever be released. She'd ever see the the U.S. government come through in, in what had been talked about for months, which was this prisoner exchange. And I'm not going to comment on the exchange itself that's not what I do here on the show. Um, I have my opinion. So do you, but at the very basest human level, she spent 10 months and potentially longer because she was sentenced to nine years incarcerated and detained for something so minor that in the United States in most places isn't even considered a misdemeanor anymore. And I'm not saying that means she doesn't have to follow the laws. I'm not saying that at all. I wish that she had. I wish that she had done two things. Number one, heeded the State Department's warning that you do not travel to Russia. Like, I wish she had done that. Um, This could have been avoided. And I also wish that she hadn't tried to take her... I guess it was marijuana, whatever it was, marijuana. I I don't even know the exact substance. I just know that it was something that was against Russian law and they were looking for ways to make an example of the United States, right? So she was an easy target and they used her and milked the situation for all it was worth. Unfortunately for the United States, you know, paid a heavy price for it, but she is now home and was getting checked out in San Francisco was apparently the destination. Um, so I'm I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her family. Again, I, I can't even imagine being in her shoes and wondering if she would ever be released. But those same emotions extend to this Marine who is still being detained and jailed in Russia. His name is Paul Whalen, and he's been there nearly four years, and my heart breaks for him. Again, I'm not making a political statement. This has nothing to do with the government. Well, it, it does, but that's not where my comments are going. My heart goes out to him, and I've, I've prayed for them both over the course of the last 10 months or so as her case got more and more attention. 
And I hate that he was left behind. Again, if you can try to put yourself in her shoes and think about the fear, the terror, this horrifying experience, really feeling like she had no recourse. She had to plead guilty. She was stuck there. It's not like the United States was going to rain down the, the hell of our Air Force or our Navy on, on Russia, right? We, we weren't going to do that. So it had to go through diplomatic channels, and it took a long time. But if you can imagine her emotions and those of her family, I hope that you will continue to think about this U.S. Marine, this soldier, who has been there far longer and is going through all the same thing and and maybe even today is feeling more dejected and disheartened and depressed than ever because he wasn't part of the prisoner exchange. So I do hope that we continue to think of him and I really hope the United States continues to fight for him too. But I'm glad that she's home. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Another major headline that transcended the world of sports on Thursday. The U.S. House of Representatives released their final report. This comes from the Committee on Oversight and Reform. (laughs) That committee was investigating one Daniel Snyder, soon to be former owner of the Washington Commanders, we believe. But according to this report... And what was a congressional inquiry that lasted more than a year, Snyder, quote, permitted and participated in the team's longtime toxic work culture. Right? So he, and these are all reports that we'd heard in the past. He tried to intimidate witnesses who might have been testifying in previous investigations. And, and even when he went to, Congress, or he went to the hearing and he testified. He really refused to cooperate. And so he was standing in the way of them doing their job, with a, which they do not look kindly on. But overall, we know the claims of harassment and abuse, specifically against female employees. But just in general, a place to work where you didn't feel safe, you didn't feel validated. You were made to feel small. You were treated poorly. I think many of us can recall situations where we've been in similar atmospheres, and it sucks. Your work production drops. You don't want to go to work. Morale suffers. But this was permeated throughout the commander's organization prior to Ron Rivera coming in, prior to the changing of the guard. This goes back to Bruce Allen as the general manager. And that brings me to my next point. So I don't think there's any huge surprise that this committee report would uncover and validate the previous findings. The NFL had already investigated. Now, they tried to keep that investigation private, but they did suspend Snyder for a year, take away day-to-day operations, and was it a $10 million fine of the organization, I think? So in the eyes of the NFL, this was a done deal. But Congress got involved. It's high profile. Why not? So the investigation really only validates what the NFL punished, but also tried to keep under wraps as much as possible, which didn't really work. And now there's another NFL investigation that's taking place. And Snyder has seen the writing on the wall. 
stubborn as he is, has decided, yes, it's probably in my best interest. I'm maybe lucky I'm not in jail. Maybe that's coming down the pike. I better protect the family and and sell this this club. And it will come up. It, it, it will result in a huge payday for the Snyder family. But this part is something that I, whoa. Guess who leaked the information about John Gruden? Guess who leaked those emails that got John Gruden in hot water because of the language that he used and some of the topics, the offensive nature of these emails. Remember, they were the only ones that were leaked. This entire NFL investigation, somehow the Gruden emails were the only ones that went public. Apparently, it was the commanders who leaked those emails. And I don't think, it sounds like Gruden wasn't the target. I don't think he was the target. But Snyder was attempting to smear Bruce Allen. And by doing that, he releases a bunch of emails. He leaks a bunch of emails. Somebody in the organization leaks a bunch of emails. And they take down John Gruden in addition to implicating Allen. So now we have the answer to that question. And yet still so many more questions about Snyder. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 